nations rising up, we will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road, I can face every fear of the unknown, I can hear all God's children singing out, we will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wait, lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us, lives in us. He lives in us, lives in us. We have hope that His promises are true in His strength.
Christians, we can wake up and every day we can live assured that we have a God who is with us. Not only is he with us, but he's within us. He is around us, he is before us, and he is behind us. We have a God who has put his favor upon us, not only for us, not only for our children, but our children to come and their children. So thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're with us in our weeping, God, in our rejoicing. Thank you that we get to lift our hands up and say, Amen, God, you are so good. In the midst of everything, God, Amen, you are so good. So going forward this week, God, I pray over not only this church, but God, over every single person. I pray that in the midst of everything going on, we can look up and we can say, Amen, God, because you have a plan and your plan is so, so good. And you are so, so powerful. And we love you so, so much, God. So we just want to say thank you. 
Thank you for putting your blessing upon us, God. We don't deserve it, but you put it upon us anyways. So thank you so much. God, I pray that this week we can only, we can only turn towards you. We can only look up to heaven. God, help us to not look down when we're feeling weak. Help us to look up. Help us to not feel cold, but feel warm with the arms of Jesus Christ wrapped around us. Help us to not feel lonely when we have all of heaven by our side. God, thank you so much. In our name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Julia. Good morning, everybody. You may be seated. Welcome here in the house at New Promise Church, and welcome to you folks at home watching us on our live stream on Facebook from around Ohio and across the United States and even up into Canada. Thank you so much for taking some of your Sunday morning and spending us here with us in Kirtland, Ohio, here at New Promise Church. Well, as we enter the holiday season, the gift-giving season, we get to start off and kick it off with celebrating how we are going to move that. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, how we're going to give gifts, except for that travel mug, we're going to give some gifts to some children around uh, in uh, Africa, Ethiopia, and around the world through uh, Franklin Graham Samaritan Purse Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes. We set a goal for ourselves uh, and for the congregation weeks ago. We have about 125 boxes right here that have come generously from you folks who have uh, package these boxes and everything out and or package these boxes and pack them up and everything and uh, brought them in and we're stacking them up here and now Roberta this is the day that we dedicate them and we ship them off. Roberta Cody is uh, our lady who takes care of Samaritan Purse Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes and she's been doing it for years. She's got a huge heart for children, huge heart for the Lord and a huge heart for this ministry and so month, months ago when we started talking about this she found out that Karen and I have a huge heart for this ministry as well and so it was a, another hand and glove fit here at New Promise Church and I asked her to come up and she said, Pastor, I don't have to say anything. I said, don't worry, you don't have to say anything. I just wanted her to be up here and uh, help pray over the boxes and dedicate them as we send them off because these are such outstanding examples of receiving grace in Jesus Christ. Um, every time, amen. Every time that a child gets one of these gifts uh, in a third world country, they don't just hear Merry Christmas, but they hear the story of Jesus Christ. They, they hear the story, they hear something along the lines of Merry Christmas, this is from Jesus to you. And they learn what it means to receive something by grace for free just by showing up. And just by accepting it and saying thank you and, and that sort of thing. So it really is kind of a microcosmic illustration of how to receive Jesus Christ into your life, the greatest gift that God could ever give anyone. And so that's why I just love these, these, uh, these boxes so much, and I love this ministry that we do every year, and it's a great way to kick off the Thanksgiving and the giving season by being thankful for God has blessed us so that we can bless other people, and by freely giving as we have freely received. Amen? 
Amen? So, Roberta, you want to put your hands on here, worship team and everybody else? You want to just extend your hands, and you at home, extend your hands, and let's pray a prayer of blessing and dedication uh, over these boxes. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you so much that you have given to us so much in our lives. And you've blessed us so that you can use us as your hand of blessing in other people's lives. And so, Father, right now, we freely give because we have freely received from you. And, Father, first, I pray for the giver of the gifts because your word says that you bless a cheerful giver. So I know everybody who has given to these boxes, who have gone out shopping, filled them up with the right, right stuff, and, and then brought them here. Father, I know they are going to be blessed by you. And we pray your blessings upon them in innumerable ways, Father, whether it be health, finances, relationships, social, spiritual things, whatever it is, Father, just pour out your blessings upon them, Father, for freely they have given and generously and cheerfully given of themselves, Father. And your word says you bless a cheerful giver, so I know you're going to bless the giver of the gift in innumerable ways. And Father, we also pray your blessings on the recipients of the gifts, Lord Jesus, that, that your anointing would, would go upon these boxes, Father, and that you would make sure that these boxes get to the the child that you know is going to get each specific box, and that as they receive it, Father, may, may there be a transference of the anointing of your Holy Spirit into that child's life, so that when they hear anybody from Samaritan's Purse uh, give a gospel message, talk about Jesus, that they will just know, they'll assimilate it right now, that as freely as they've received this gift, they will want to receive Jesus Christ into their life to be their Savior and Lord, to be born again into your love kingdom, Father, because you love us so much, Lord Jesus. You love us to create us, to save us, to sanctify us, to put your Holy Spirit within us. And so, Father, we pray a prayer of dedication and blessing and commitment of these gifts to the recipients of the gifts that something supernatural will happen in their lives and the kingdom of God will grow exponentially more, Father, as these gifts go out around the world into wonderful little children's lives on the continent of Africa and in other places around the world. Father, thank you for the heart that you've given Roberta for this. Bless, pour out your blessings upon her for her leadership in this, Lord Jesus. Bless the giver of the gifts. Bless the recipients of the gifts now, Lord, to Jesus we pray as we enter this Thanksgiving season no better way than to start off by giving out of our gratitude for you. And that's what we do now in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's give God some praise this morning. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> if you are here at, at home, here at New Promise Church uh, earlier this week, you uh, would have received a, a church-wide email uh, giving you a COVID update uh, from what's going on in Ohio. And this was right after uh, Governor DeWine's address on Wednesday night. The elders and I emailed back and forth some ideas. And I was wondering if we should make a statement, make a reminder statement, things like that. And so that's why we sent out uh, that email. And again, I want to, to tell you, while it is still optional here at New Promise Church, we do strongly encourage you to wear a mask, uh, especially when you're out in public, especially when you're in closed situations, in closed quarters, um, because it is going to help knock down the virus. I know people's opinions vary all over the map on this thing, um, but it is a small sacrifice to pay 
to help knock down the virus. I know our healthcare workers have a tremendously hard job that they're doing, and even our government leaders, like Governor DeWine, he's got an incredibly stressful job because nobody likes wearing the masks and nobody likes the quarantining and nobody likes anything about this at all. Um, but our leaders are asking us to do these things and we were hearing within the church um, about concerns from parents and everything. Now that schools, people, kids are wearing masks in schools. We had some concerns about why aren't our children wearing masks in children, children's wing. And it's always been optional. If you want your children to wear a mask, they can come wearing a mask. That's no problem. All of our workers are wearing masks in the children's department now. And uh, we're asking parents as they drop their children off, we're encouraging uh, them to wear a mask as well while, we're, while they're there. Why is this? Because it's a very close-quartered situation and because the COVID numbers are spiking and climbing. And it would be irresponsible to not try and do something that would help knock them down and knock the numbers down. Okay? So I don't like wearing the mask, but I wear a mask when I'm out and about everywhere from here. Um, not in the car, certainly, not in open air, but when, when you're in a store and stuff like that, you, you have to wear a mask in order to go shopping now and things like that. I'm hoping the vaccine comes quick. I'm hoping we get this behind us. I'm hoping we get 2020 behind us, actually, and 2021 is a lot better as soon as possible. But right now, it is a small sacrifice to make. Um, I know you might not be able to see this at home, and that's, that's fine, but we are practicing social distance seating, uh, except families sitting together or couples. That's totally fine and everything. But again, we're just we're trying to do our part and be responsible Christians, responsible citizens with full faith in God and trust in God, but we also don't want to be foolish. We want to have common sense um, in how we approach things. Now, as far as the COVID cases here at NPC goes, I thought this was remarkable that since March, when this all came to light and started, when we reopened in June, we have not had any COVID cases reported here at New Promise Church. I attribute that, amen, I attribute that to God's commitment to us and our commitment and our faith to God, God's faithfulness to us and our faith in God. And, and I think that is wonderful. Now, I also, in the spirit of full disclosure, I want to tell you that uh, at the end of this week and over the weekend, we have had two uh, of our people that came back tested positive uh, for the coronavirus. They have very mild, mild symptoms, uh, low-grade fever, and lost uh, smelling and sense of taste. They are quarantining. Their families are quarantining. Some of their extended families are quarantining, which is why our numbers are, are down a bit this morning. And it's why we've had to change uh, some uh, ministries and cancel some things that you'll see in the uh, video announcements at the end of the message. And so I appreciate their self-quarantining. I appreciate them letting me know what was going on. And uh, we always want to be transparent and clear with you folks here. And also, we want to keep praying for God's health and healing and his wholeness in our lives, right? I mean, just because you start getting behind in the game a little bit doesn't mean you stop playing. And it doesn't mean you just give up and go home. What it means is you press in and you pray harder and you trust God more. Amen? Amen? Come on, church. Amen? Amen. All right, so that's what I want to do right now. I want to pray for people who are sick. We're going to pray for our leaders, and then we're going to pray for his word, and we're going to get on, get on to the word of God. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, 
We just ask you to cause healing to happen in the lives of, of some of our people, a couple of our people who are at home with this coronavirus. I pray, Father, that you just rain down your anointing upon them like it's raining down outside, and that you blow the breath of your Spirit in them, eviscerating and evaporating the virus that's within them right now, Father. Just like the wind is blowing outside, blow the breath of your Spirit in their bodies and simply cause the virus to go away. In Jesus' name, we have full faith, trust, and confidence in you, Father, because there's more than just two or three gathered together and agreeing with you on, on this one thing, and we're praying it in accordance with your will because it is your will to cause healing to happen in your church, in your body. And so we thank you for that. Father, we also thank you for our president, and we pray your blessing and your protection upon him and Congress and all the leadership, Father. We pray for the politicking that's going on and the upheaval that's going on in Washington these days. We pray for truth and honesty and justice to come to light, Father. We pray for your continued protection over this country, Lord Jesus, and we pray your peace of God to reign in our land, Father. Father, we pray your blessings of your Holy Spirit, not just on the people that we liked and voted for, but on everybody, because everybody needs your Holy Spirit in their life, Father. Everyone needs your anointing. Everyone needs your wisdom. Everyone needs to be born again by your Holy Spirit, Father. And so we pray for everyone that they would be touched, blessed, moved, inspired, and changed by your Holy Spirit in their lives. And Father, we pray for Governor DeWine, and we pray for all of our medical uh, workers, Father, healthcare workers in the state of Ohio. Some are with us uh, this morning in person. Some are watching through the live stream. Father, we pray that your continued blessings be upon them. We thank you for their loving servant heart leadership. We know that they all have a very stressful job. Nobody wants to be dealing with this. And Father, while we are dealing with this, we will not give up. We will not shrink. We will not go silently into the night. We will not lose hope because our hope is in you, Father. And so I pray, Father, that you will continue to strengthen the workers, Father, as they go about their, their jobs taking care of the sick people. And I pray, Father, that they would know how thankful millions of people are for them showing up to work and doing their job. We pray for your anointing of healing to be on their lives, Lord. Keep them free from sicknesses, Lord Jesus. And Father, for the doctors, the nurses, and for the government leaders, give them the wisdom of your Holy Spirit to anticipate, to, to see things that aren't there that might be hard to see at first, to know what to do, to follow a gut feeling, and, and to simply get ahead of this. Father. And Father, we pray for all of the people of Ohio, Ohio right now that you would just cause your healing to happen in everybody's life, Father, in the state of Ohio, that we would see the numbers go down through responsible living, but also through the anointing of your Holy Spirit enacted in people's lives. Father, I pray that people who are on ventilators right now would come off them in Jesus' name, and that healing would happen right now in ICU wards, that even before the end of this service today, Father, that as your praise goes up and your word goes out, that your power would come down in the lives of people, Father. We may never meet, but to hear one day stories of how all of a sudden, so many people just got immediately better because of the prayers of God's people and the faithfulness of our God in our lives. Father, bless our land, keep our land, heal our land. 
We pray this, Father, in your name. Now, Father, as we turn our hearts towards home and our eyes towards your word, we ask your Holy Spirit to lift our eyes up higher than the muck and the mire of all of these things that are bad, sad, and make us mad. Of anything that would distract us or discourage us from living about the potential of the promises of tomorrow that you have in our lives, Father. Living anything that would keep us from living a thankful life today full of faith and trust and confidence in you. Lift us up above that today, Lord Jesus, so that we can continue to see our lives and the possibilities of tomorrow and the powerfulness of your presence today in our lives, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Take your Bibles and turn them to Luke 17. <clears throat> Luke 17. What I want to talk to you about this morning for a few minutes as we enter into the holiday season, and Thanksgiving is the first holiday that, that we come into in this season, is that with all of the, the problems with the pandemic and the political upheaval and maybe any problems that you might be dealing with in your life, stresses and strains, health-wise, finances, relationship, anything like that, what I want to talk to you about a few minutes this morning is being thankful. Because with all of the problems and the political upheaval and any of the pandemic and the problems you're dealing with, you might not feel real thankful. You might feel more exhausted, worn out, like this is a marathon run of endurance or something like that. And I think it's important for us to be thankful, always in all situations and circumstances, because it's not only a part of our national history, it's a part, it's one of the roots of our relationship with God, is to be thankful. In, in 1621, the pilgrims celebrated the first Thanksgiving. And they did this rather late in the year, around December 30th. And they paused and they took time out of their busy, hard-driving pioneer lives to pause and give God some thanks and praise. They prayed to God, they had a meal together, and they thanked God for his provision, for his blessing, and for his presence in their lives, and for the, the prosperity that they were having in their lives. And, and it was a hard-charging pioneer-type life. I, I look back at the pilgrims. You know, whenever I, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, like in Montana or someplace like that, or the Dakotas, and, and you're just out in the middle of nowhere, and you're, you're the only one on an on a asphalt road, I always think to myself, man, this, this started off with wagon trains and horses and no roads, and what a harder life they must have had than what I have as I'm cruising along at 70 miles an hour on a nice smooth highway, right? And so I think to myself, it's very significant that the pilgrims in 1621, they started this tradition of thanksgiving by pausing in their hard-driving pioneer lives to give thanks and praise to God for his provision, his blessing, and the prosperity that they were having in their lives. In 1777, our fledgling Congress and President Washington declared a national holiday of giving thanks to God. And, and uh, then from, for 47 years of giving thanks and, and praise to God and, and thanking God for his blessings on our lives as our country was just starting out. And then a weird thing happened that I don't understand why, but for 47 years, from President Madison to President Lincoln, there was no Thanksgiving Day. I was really surprised to find that out. 
But for 47 years in this country, for whatever reason, there was no national Thanksgiving Day until President Lincoln reestablished it and reinstituted it. And then it was under President Grant, who followed President Lincoln, that he made Thanksgiving Day a national holiday that since then has always been celebrated on the last Thursday of the month of November. And that's just like two weeks away or a week away from this Thursday, I believe. Um, in the modern era, as we went into the 20th century, it became common practice for every president, either Republican or Democrat, to get on the radio and do a presidential proclamation on Thanksgiving Day, proclaiming the day is a day, day of prayer and supplication and thankfulness to God. Regardless if they were a Democrat or if they were a Republican president, our presidents during the 20th century would actually be leading the nation, at least on one day of the year, of giving thanks and praise to God and turning our hearts back towards home and asking God to continue to bless our land. I think that's a hugely, hugely significant and then as we got into the 21st century, we, we were seeing a culture morph again as far as Thanksgiving goes and the focus of Thanksgiving and everything, where it's not so much about God anymore as it is about food, family, football, and fun. And there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with food. There's nothing wrong with family. There's nothing wrong with football. There's nothing wrong with having fun. But my question is, where has God gone in the busyness of our lives and in, in this Western culture on Thanksgiving, where we spend little time, little more time just thanking God for the food before we dig into the turkey, rather than spending more significant time reminiscing, um, spending time in genuine, sincere supplication and prayer, thanking God for our land, thanking God for our lives, thanking God for our eternal lives, thanking God for innumerable things in our lives. It seems the only thing that people are consciously thankful for anymore on Thanksgiving Day is really great Black Friday deals. As they come out of the malls and they say, thank you, Lord, for this really great deal that I got on this thing, that I bought this 75-inch TV and I got it for 100 bucks. Thank you, Jesus, you know. But we're thanking God for stuff, but where is the status in our thanksgiving to God? Where is the focus of our thanksgiving to God. Now, the Bible is full of 150 references about being thankful and thanksgiving to God. It tells us what we're thankful for, what we should be thankful for, why we should be thankful, and how our thankfulness should look, how our thankfulness should be expressed towards God. In Leviticus 7.13, it says, thankfulness is a part of our worship to God. When we are thankful to God, we are worshiping Him. We're expressing our appreciation, our admiration, our adoration, and our allegiance to God. Thankful, you can't worship God without being thankful. And being thankful is a part of our worship offering to God. Thankfulness was a part of King Solomon's dedication of the temple, and it was also a part of Jeremiah's prophecy of the rebuilding of the temple centuries later. There are more than 30 psalms in the psalms that have to do with thankfulness or being thankful to God. In Psalms uh, 50, for instance, it says thankfulness honors God. You know what that means? It means when you are thankful to God, you are putting God at the center of attention. 
You are saying, God, for this thing, you are more important than this thing that you've given me, or this person, or this whatever you've given me in life. When you spend time thanking God, just like you spend time thanking any giver of a good gift, you are making God, making that person the center of attention. You are showing honor, you are showing value to God, when you thank God, and that makes perfect sense because the scripture says that every good and perfect gift that we receive in our lives comes down from our heavenly Father of light. So it's simply natural that our thankfulness to God would honor God, would show value to God by putting him at the center of our gratitude. <clears throat> in Psalms 100, some of you might re recognize it where it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. But yet we seem to have a hard time doing that from time to time because I think the focus of our faith is not always on God. I think sometimes the focus of our faith is lower than, the higher than the horizon of our humanity. It's at the horizon of our humanity. And I think sometimes when we put too much faith in people and then they let us down, that causes us to be discouraged and depressed, maybe despairing. And it actually depresses our faith and it depresses our feelings of gratitude or thankfulness. And so the problem with that is we are simply watching the wrong things. We've got our eyes on the wrong things. And so we have a sense of thanklessness. In Romans chapter 121, it talks about the tragedy of a sense of thanklessness where it says that although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him. But their thinking became dull and futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So I think it's a very tragic place to be when you're in your life and, and when you're at a place where you're not thankful, where you're not thankful to God for where you are already, where you're so distracted by other things that you're not mindful of being thankful to God for your life itself, for getting you this far in your life, for blessing you this far in your life, for decorating your life with people in your life. It's a tragic thing when you can say you know God but you neither glorify him as God, nor are you thankful to God for all that God has already done for you in our lives. You know, thankfulness is so important in Scripture that in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, there are seven Hebrew words for thankfulness that also have a lot to do with expressiveness <clears throat> in our worship. In worship that is not confined or defined by music, but worship that has simple to do with expressing our appreciation, our admiration, our adoration, and, or our love for God, and our allegiance to God. For instance, one of the words is the word toda. Now, it's pronounced toda, but to me it always sounds like ta-da because of its definition. Tada is to give a Thanksgiving choir or a festival. It's a festive way of thanking God for something he's done for you in your life. Tada, toda. Or how about Barak? It means to kneel in thanksgiving before God. And I think that it's a good, uh, a good practice to still keep in as long as your knees and hips bend that way, that every now and then it is good to kneel before our God and to thank God that we can bend before God and that our knees and hips still work that way and to thank God for his righteous rulership and his love over our lives. Or how about the next word, tehillah? Now, pronounce that carefully. It's tehillah, not tequila. 
Tehillah means to sing a song of thankfulness to God. Now, if it's tequila, yeah, you're probably going to sing a song, but it might not be exactly thankfulness to God. So you want to make sure to pronounce it Tehillah, which is to sing a song of thankfulness to God. Or how about the next word, Hallel? It means to be hilariously thankful. It's where we get the word hallelujah from. Now you might know, or maybe you're finding out for the first time, that the word hallelujah is actually a command. It means to praise the Lord. But it's not an angry command of you have to. It's more of a joyful command of wanting to. Hallelujah! To praise the Lord. It comes from the Hebrew word hallel, which means to joyfully praise the Lord. Or what about yada? Now look at that word. It's yada, not Yoda. Yoda's a little green man who speaks in backward English on Star Wars movies. But yada is to give thanks to God with extended hands, raising your hands to the Lord and saying, Father, thank you for all of the tremendous blessings that you have poured out in my life. It's almost like a, a, a football official raising his hands, signaling a field, a field goal or a touchdown. It's good, Lord. It's good, right? Yada. Or how about zamar? It means to give thanks with musical instruments. That's what our worship team does every morning, every Sunday morning as they're leading us in worship. They're taking their musical instruments and they're giving thanks to God in worship. Or how about Shabbat? That's one of my favorite ones because this means to shout or proclaim aloud God's praise or our thankfulness rather to God. And sometimes when you're talking to Jewish people, you'll notice Jewish people say to themselves or they might say to you, Shabbat, and they'll, um, they'll combine it with the word shalom. They'll say Shabbat shalom, which is a wonderful greeting. It means we show thankfulness to our God who is peaceful. Shabbat Shalom. I remember when I was in Israel and you would walk into somebody's store or coffee house or something and you would either hear Jewish people greeting each other that way or they would greet you that way and you're supposed to say it back to them. So they would say Shabbat Shalom and you'd say Shabbat Shalom. In other words, we're giving thanks for our Jehovah God who is peaceful. I think that's an excellent greeting. We should, we should be greeting each other that way. I think that's fantastic. But these are the seven Hebrew words that have to do with being thankful that are also tied to our worship. Four of them show up in Psalms 100, uh, verses 1 to 4, the enter his gates with thanksgiving uh, psalm. It says, be before that, as I run up to it, it says, shout for joy to the Lord. Lord, that's the word Shabbat. Shout for joy to Jehovah. Worship the Lord with gladness and joyful songs. That's Tehillah. Know that the Lord is God and that we are the sheep of his, uh, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with yada, praise. Give thanks to him and praise Barak, his name. So in other words, give thanks to him and kneel before God. Praise his name because the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. So that's how some of those words, four of those words, we see in Scripture. We don't get that, that intention in English, so that's why sometimes it's cool to go back and see in the original language exactly how it's, it's a little uniquely different and distinct in places like that. Now, at the heart of all thankfulness has to be love. 
because thankfulness flows out of some level of love. You know, if, if your husband or wife or your parents or children, it's going to be a very intimate, very dear love. This is my family type of love. But even if it's friends, it's going to be like an agape love, right? I just love uh, our friendship. I love what you do and, and, and everything else. And so we're showing our appreciation and thankfulness for each other. That's how we show love on many different levels because we show our appreciation and our thankfulness to each other. Now, sometimes I've read journals and other things, counseling books and things like that, to kind of understand why are people the way they are from an academic level. And one of the things that I've discovered consistently is that number one reason for some people having a hard time either showing love or expressing thankfulness is because it was never modeled for them as they were growing up. Maybe they grew up in a dysfunctional home or a broken home or just a home that wasn't very expressive. I, I've read, read uh, uh, stories and accounts of people who would say things like, I never heard my mom, and da mom or dad tell me they love me or, or I never heard them say to each other, I love you. Um, most, most kids grew up thinking, yeah, I'm loved and everything, but there are some stories where they weren't really sure if they were really loved, really wanted, really appreciated by their parents because they never heard uh, expressions of love and gratitude and appreciation and, and thankfulness in their home. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's pretty sad, frankly. Uh, um, I, I grew up in, it wasn't a perfect home, but it was a very good home. Karen grew up in a very good home, and I hope our kids are growing up in a very good, loving, thankful, appreciative home and everything. But, but some people, they just don't grow up that way. They grow up in homes that are either non-expressive, and I get it, not everybody is, is as expressive as the next person. I get that. Uh, or sometimes they grow up in dysfunctional homes or, or broken homes and, and things like that. And then eventually, you know, they, they, they don't know what love is. They don't know how to love. They don't know how to show appreciation or thankfulness because it's never role modeled for them. And so in the 1980s, you get that foreigner song that we all thought was, you know, just a really cool little slow dance tune in the 80s and everything. But really, it's kind of a sad song because it, the title of the song is I Want to Know What Love Is. I want you to show me. And, and, and when you listen to the words of that song, it, it truly is a sad song because it's written from the perspective of somebody who doesn't know what love is. And you think to yourself, okay, it was never role modeled for you. You don't, you don't understand it. And, and it's very sad. It's very tragic. And, and some people in, in some families, they just, they just kind of grow up that way. Not very expressive, maybe a little dysfunctional, maybe even broken. If that happened to any of you, I'm genuinely sorry that it did. I don't know what kind of home you grew up in or anything. Hopefully, it was a very loving, jovial, expressive home, very genuine and real and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know if, hopefully, love and thankfulness, appreciation, gratitude were all role-modeled for you, I hope, as you were growing up, so you know how to be that way and everything. But even more important than that, I, I hope that you've role-modeled it in, in your life, in your family's life. I hope you've spent time in front of your children telling your husband or your wife how much you appreciate them and love them. I hope it's common practice in your house because that's how kids learn what love is. And that's how they learn what gratitude and thankfulness is through our, our genuine appreciation and the way we communicate with one another verbally or, or otherwise. Uh, I hope you're, you're, you're talking and telling your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, 
your grandchildren, your grandparents, your friends and families, classmates and coworkers, neighbors and strangers, how much you truly appreciate them and how thankful you are for them in your life because that's expressions of love for them because you don't really appreciate somebody that you don't love and you don't really love someone if you don't really appreciate them or if you're not really gra grateful for them being in your life and thankful for them being in your life. So I, I don't know what you grew up in, and I don't know if you are role modeling things. I, I certainly hope you are, and I'm, I'm trusting most of you probably are. I'm noticing husbands leaning over to their wives right now, talk, saying something in their ear, and I bet you you're going, I love you. Just so you know, I love you, okay? But, and that's good and everything too, right? But no matter where you grew up and what your background is, and we didn't all grow up in the same households, and we all have various backgrounds and stuff, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, you have been adopted into and born again into a very loving heavenly family who has a very loving heavenly father who lavishes his love upon us, who shows us, who tells us, and who role models his love for us in Jesus Christ. No matter where you have come from, if you are a believer in the family of God, you, you should be able to see the love that God has for you in Jesus Christ. And you should be seeing it reflected in the other believers and the other Christians around you. We should be a, a heavenly family that follows our heavenly Father's example by constantly showing genuine affection, appreciation, thankfulness, and love to one another. Because God does all of this for us in and through Jesus Christ. So as Christians, we don't ever have to sing the foreigner song. We can sing forever the song of the saved, of the redeemed, of the loved, of the healed, of the empowered. We can sing the song of Jesus Christ who loves us so very, very much. And that's what brings me to Luke chapter 17 that I asked you to turn to as we began this morning. I want to look at Jesus and 10 lepers, one in particular in Luke 17, <clears throat> starting at verse, I forgot what verse we're at, starting at verse 11, starting at verse 11. It says in verse 11 of Luke 17 that when Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us or have pity on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. See, that's Barak. He threw himself in thankfulness at Jesus' feet, bowed before him, and, and thanked him. Now, this was a Samaritan, and Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where did the other nine go? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then Jesus said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now the logical question is, where did the other nine go? What happened to them? We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us what happened to them. But I'm guessing and only speculating that they got so enamored with the shiny new gift that they got that they totally forgot to go back and thank the giver of the gift. 
and that's rude, <laughs> and, and that can happen from time to time. It's an unfortunate part of our human nature. Sometimes we see it in little children when they get a gift, and they're so excited about this little gift, right? And I don't get on kids for this, because I totally get where they're coming from, but sometimes they can forget to say thank you, right? Well, the problem is when, when that child grows up, they need to learn how to remember to say thank you and show some gratitude to the giver of the gift. That's just right proper, and it shows love, right? So I think what happened is nine of these guys, I think they were all cleansed, they were all healed. I think nine of these guys, you know, went running away going, I got to show my wife, I got to show my kids, I get to go back to my hometown and all this stuff. I understand all that. I think they just forgot to go back and say thank you. And I think that's rather unfortunate, rather rude. But this one guy did come back, and it's off of this one guy who came back to say thank you that we learned three things here. We learn that thankfulness is an expression of our faith, it's part of our healing, and it's part of our praise. When we are thankful to God, we are expressing our faith in God. We are also celebrating uh, any kind of healing that God has done in our lives, any good thing that God has done in our lives, and it is part of our praise of God for who he is and obviously for what he's done in our lives. In verse 16, it says, the leper came back and threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanking him, and Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Now, you got to understand, that's just not the word healed. That's the word whole. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. In other words, whole in spirit, mind, and body. Not just physically healed. It's deeper than that. It's more significant than that. It's more encompassing than that. Your faith has made you whole, has made you well. And so this guy's thankfulness to coming back to say thank you was an expression of his faith in Jesus, expression of his praise to Jesus, and had everything to do with his healing from Jesus. Because of Jesus' wording here, I do kind of wonder a little small thing. Because Jesus' wording is so unique and particular right here, I wonder if the other nine who went away, I wonder if, and I have nothing to base this on, it's just me being me, I wonder if their healing stuck, or if possibly they got sick again, or possibly if it came back. Because Jesus' wording here is not just, your faith has healed you, your faith has made you whole, has made you complete. There's, there's more of a sense of encompassment and absoluteness to Jesus' wording here. So I don't know, but I just kind of wonder those things out loud every now and then. But definitely his thankfulness was a part of his faith, his healing, his wholeness, and his praise. Why? Because his eyes were on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, church, many times we can get our eyes on the wrong things in life. Many times when you're dealing with problems with pain in each one of our own lives, and we all got them, or you're dealing with pandemics, or you're, you're dealing with the political upheaval that's going on right now, our eyes can be on anything and everything other than God. And when our eyes are on things that are bad, sad, and make us mad, we can get depressed and discouraged. We can get despondent. We can get distracted from seeing God at work in our lives, things that he has already done, and, and, and we can be so distracted that it can depress our faith to not even believe him for the things that he has yet to do in our lives. But like the leper, our gratitude to God, our thankfulness to God, can be and is an expression of our faith, of our faith and thankfulness for what God's done, of our faith and trust, 
for what God is going to do. And it can, it can actually help to make us whole. What do I mean by that is this. People who are thankful are less stressful. People who are thankful, and you can measure this, you can, medical science proves this, psychology proves this. People who are more thankful more of the time are less stressful more of the time. Because there's a, uh, thankfulness, gratitude, actually has a chemical reaction in the brain that release, releases um, endorphins in our bloodstream and in our chemistry. And what it does, these endorphins make us feel good. They bring down the blood pressure. They help us to be less stressed out and everything. It all comes from being thankful, truly thankful, genuinely grateful to God. It has a sense of well-being or wholeness. It's got everything to do with our faith, with our praise, and with our health and our healing, our wholeness, our being thankful to God, truly thankful to God. So let me ask you this question. What has God done in your life that you should be and could be thankful for? What has God done for you, in you, through you, to you, or for you that you can be and should be thankful to God for? If only you would be mindful of those things. If only you would get your eyes up higher than the horizon of other people's humanity and just look at you and your relationship with God. Because I tell you, with the pandemic and with this political upheaval, this holiday season will be different than any other holiday seasons we've had in recent history. It's just it's going to be that way. It's possible that we're not going to be able to go out as much as we would like to. It's possible malls are going to be closed. It's possible that we won't be able to do as much shopping as we might be accustomed to because malls and stores might be closed. We might not be able to go out to our favorite restaurants while we're doing holiday shopping and everything because restaurants might be closed. We might not be able to go to the gym, and I love going to the gym now. It's amazing. When I was in my 20s, when I was young and dumb, I, you couldn't get me into the gym. I didn't like to exercise. Now I need to exercise, and I love exercising because my body feels better when I'm pressing weight and when I'm running or riding a bike or doing a lot of cardio and stuff like that and everything. Well, this holiday season might be a little different because the gyms might be closed for some of or all of or the whatever. With all this political upheaval and the pandemic and the problems with pain, this holiday season might be more things that annoy us and that, that, that bother us, that are bad, sad, and make us mad. You might not be able to travel as easy as we used to. Your friends and family members not, might not be able to fly in as easy, especially if they're in other countries with different quarantine laws and, and things like that. Can you imagine just wanting to go home to spend the holidays with your family, but first you have to quarantine for 14 days in, in a hotel somewhere, and then you get to spend a week with your family. Well, that's 21 days out of a month. That's three weeks out of a month. Who's got that long to spend away from work and everything? It's maddening. Then you got to wear those, those stinking masks, man, that nobody likes to wear. And we don't. I don't like to wear them. You don't like to wear them. I don't know anybody that likes to wear them, but we're being asked and told to wear them to help knock the cases down and everything. I mean, you just focus on all that stuff right there. Man, that stuff that's just bad, sad, and makes you mad. I don't know if it does with you, but it does with me. That's why I wrote the sermon the way I did. It just, this stuff annoys me. It bothers me. I like my freedoms. And it seems to be so constricted this holiday season. It's, it seems more like a, a thing of endurance than a holiday of enjoyment. And you see, church, if all we're doing is focusing on the things that bother us, 
we will forget to focus on the God who loves us and the God who's going to get us through this and the God who's already blessed us in the innumerable ways that God blesses people in their lives, the ways we forget on how God blesses us in our lives. If, if all we do is focus on the things that bother us, that, that are bad, sad, and make us mad, then we will forget, we, we will get so discouraged that we'll forget to have hope in the possibility of a better tomorrow because of God's blessings in our lives. We'll give up on tomorrow because of the problems and the pandemic and the political upheavals of today. Those things can all lead us to a place of thanklessness, forgetting how thankful to God we should be. So let me ask you, where does your thankfulness to God start? Maybe it should start with the fact that God has not only given you life, but has given you the promise of eternal life. Have you forgotten that you are a blood-bought, born-again, baptized-in, Bible-quoting scripture, Bible-toting scripture, quoting, devil-chasing, God-praising, overcoming child pride, champion of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Greater is his Holy Spirit in you than anything else that's in this world, and nothing can ever separate you from God's love for you in Christ Jesus. Have you forgotten to be thankful for that? Have you forgotten to be thankful for the life God gave you? Because life itself is a gift for you to be or to become something. After you thank God for himself and the life he gave you and the eternal life he gave you, have you forgotten to thank God for the people that he's decorated your life with, the people that are around you, the people that some of whom are sitting by you right now? Have you forgotten to thank God for your husband or for your wife or for your child or for your parent or for your grandchildren or for your grandparents? Have you forgotten to thank God for all those friends that you talk to and Zoom call with and go out with in time to time and check on each other and say, how you doing? How you doing? That type of thing. Have you forgotten about the friends and family members, neighbors and strangers, classmates and co-workers that God has put in your life? All of the good people that are there are great gifts from God that he's given you in your life. Have you forgotten to be thankful to God for the people he's put in your life? Have, maybe you're facing some obstacles. I get that. Everybody's got obstacles from time to time. I know people who are over, trying to overcome some very physical obstacles, other financial obstacles, social obstacles, relational obstacles. Maybe you should be thanking God for the obstacles in your life because truly they are opportunities to show the world how you can overcome them by the word, the blood, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe those obstacles are opportunities that God can turn the bad into good for you who love him and live according to his purposes. Have you forgotten to be thankful to God for the obstacles in your life? Do you know that being thankful to God is not just about the stuff you get, but it's about status that you have? Being thankful is not just about stuff, it's about status. <clears throat> God gives us lots of stuff, that's all great. But it's also about the status we have with God. You're a child of God. You're a bride of God. You are an overcomer of God. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You've got status with God. But does God have status with you? Is God number one in your life? Have you put the gifts in front of the giver and all of a sudden you're now going, oh, wow, I had the gifts in front of the giver all along. 
Is God the giver of good gifts? Is he in first place in your life? Truly first place in your life. If he is, great. Keep him there and then thank him for all of the rest that is behind him. Thank him for his love, his grace, his mercy, his patience, his kindness, his gentleness, his faithfulness, his self-control, his blessings, his power, his promises, his prosperity that he gives you in life. Do you think you've gotten this far in life just because of you? Listen, you got this far in life because of God's blessings in your life. Don't forget to thank God for that. Church, don't just notice what's bad in life. There's tons of things that are bad in life, but notice what's good in life. We've got a million reasons to be thankful for God. Thank God for his hope and his help and his healing. Thank God for his expectancy. Thank God for his endurance that he gives you in life. Thank God for the stuff he's already given you. And then thank him by faith for the things that are not yet seen. Because if you're really believing for him, you should already be thankful for them. Well, I don't know if God's going to do this. Well, don't be double-minded. Either get both sides on one fence or get off the fence. But by and large, if you have faith to believe God's going to bless you, then thank God for the blessings that you believe God is going to pour into your life. And for that matter, thank God that we live in a country that is called the land of the free and the home of the brave. And you've got to defend it. You've got to work for it. You've got to take care of it. But bless God, we have the freedom of the speech, religion of the press, and we have the right to assemble. Not all countries have that church. Thank God for the freedoms that we have in this country. And remember that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I mean, if you're young, thank God that you're strong. If you're old, thank God for your wisdom because wisdom only comes by years of experience and the blessings of God in life. Thank God that nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love that God has for you in Jesus Christ. Church, the world is a full of bad things that can just distract us from the very good God and the loving God that we have taking care of us. There's a million reasons to be thankful to God. It just depends on what you focus on, and that's entirely up to you. You can choose to focus on the things that are bad, sad, and make you mad, or you can choose to focus your faith, your thanksgiving, and your gratitude on God. You can focus on whatever you want. I'm going to focus my life on being thankful to God, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but I'm going to try to the very best of my ability to be thankful to God every day of my life, because every day of my life I want to walk in the wholeness that Jesus gave that leper, spirit, mind, and body. I want to walk in that kind of wholeness. And that kind of wholeness in life comes from being thankful to God. So be thankful to God. This week, every week, make every day a Thanksgiving holiday between you and God. Does that make sense? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Your word is so lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And today, it's got like a 5,000-watt Klieg light that is saying to us, in spite of it all, be thankful, because that's the thing. That's the trick. That's the thing. Let your faith show through your gratitude in me. Glor let me be glorified in your gratitude, is what the Spirit's saying. And let your thankfulness have everything to do with your faithfulness and your praise and the holiness and the healthiness the wholeness of your being. Father, help us to be less stressful by being more mindful to be more thankful to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said?
Amen and amen. Now, we don't have very many announcements today, but here's what's coming up at New Promise Church. Knitting for the Lamb is doing stand-up for seniors, and they are looking for donations that are non-breakable items like hand lotions, combs, and brushes, and other small items. You can drop off your donations at the Knitting for the Lamb table by November 29th. Hello, my name is Maddie, and I am in the Iwana Club here at NPC. We are doing a food drive and distribution for our community on Saturday, November 21st from 10 to 1. We need your help to get the word out. We are also looking for food donations. They can be dropped off by the welcome desk. Thanks for your help. Join us on Sunday, December 6th at 5 p.m. for our annual Christmas banquet. Dinner will be catered by TJ's on the Avenue for $15 per person. Childcare will be provided with a meal for $3 per child. Full menu and sign-up sheet are at the welcome desk. Unfortunately, the Fusion Thanksgiving meal is canceled and arrangements are being made to return money to those that bought tickets. Hey girls, if you haven't heard, we are so excited to announce our Christmas party with comedian Amy Barnes. The Christmas party is on Monday, December 7th. Doors open at 6.30 and the party starts at 7. General admission is $20. You can buy your tickets in the lobby or online at www.newpromisechurch.com slash her events. We can't wait to see you. All righty. See, I told you they were short. Uh, the Her event is still on with Amy Barnes. We're looking forward to it. If anything changes, uh, we'll certainly let everybody know. And ticket sales are going well, but they need to keep going well. So if you've already bought your ticket, buy another one and invite a friend. Bring them along. It's going to be a great night. We are going to be doing social distance seating at the tables that we're going to spread out here. That's how we calculated the limited seating. And beginning next week, I think, you're going to be able to hear this uh, advertisement on the fish uh, during the morning shows and uh, during the late afternoon shows as well, too. We, Karen and I already heard a clip of it. It sounds, the, the, the commercial sounds fantastic. There are three ways to support the ministries here at New Promise Church, as you hear us say every week. One is online giving. Uh, reoccurring or one time, just go to newpromisechurch.us. The other is by right here uh, with the uh, offering boxes at the back of the auditorium. As you exit, you can just put your offerings and tithes in there. And the third way is to mail them in. And if you do mail them in, just put BB in the lower left-hand corner of the envelope, and that way we'll know that it goes. It needs to go to our finance elder, and he'll make sure that it gets put into wherever you designate it, or if it's undesignated, it'll just go into the general uh, account. Alrighty. Um, thank you very much for being here today. Before we go, uh, let us, let's close in prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, Father, we pray, Father, like we sang that song, the blessing this morning. Father, we pray that you would bless us and keep us. Continue to make your face shine upon us and to be gracious to us. Help us to keep in step with your Holy Spirit as we live out your word every day of our lives. Help us to receive your peace into our lives and be extensions of your peace out of our lives, Lord. There's, there's a, enough political problems and upheaval in society and everything else. Help us to be ambassadors of peace, the peace of God in Jesus Christ. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us in person. You all have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night.